Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and I look good in a strap-on. I have received good reviews on how I actually use the strap-on as well, but what I can say with confidence is that I do <laughs> look good in a strap-on. Who are you, friend? I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and a porn maker, and I got fucked with a strap on last night. So that's why it's what we're talking about today. It's I'm really not feeling creative this morning because I was up late getting fucked with a strap on. Uh, so here we are. We got a topic for y'all folks. Congratulations. <laughs> I also, after Thanks. you said that to me this morning that we were going to do a show on this topic, I was looking at my schedule for the week and I do have to write an article about the best strap on equipment later this week. So. Amazing. Perfect. <laughs> Thematically yep. relevant. Yeah, uh, gotta love it. Great, because I will be asking you for that advice as well, so hopefully you've started <laughs> your research. Um, <laughs> but I guess to start us off, why don't you just like tell us a little bit about what your relationship to strap-on sex is? I mean, you teased it a little bit at the beginning there. Um, but yeah, and I'm curious if it's different from like what you thought it would be when you first encountered the idea of strap-on sex. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So I've both bottomed and topped for strap-on sex. Mm -hmm. I would say probably at this point I've topped more. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's about equal. Um, both but, spread out at different points in your life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, sometimes I do both in one relationship. That has mm -hmm. happened on occasion, which is really nice, uh, including in my current relationship. But, mm. uh, yeah, one of the first times that I ever had sex was strap-on sex. Um, my first sexual partner was having what I believe now, like knowing more about this person now, to be maybe some kind of like gender dysphoria or gender feelings. Um, mm. And they would... Uh, they went to a, a sex shop at like age 16 and bought a proper harness and dildo. Mm -hmm. um, and they were actually so excited about it that they brought it to school. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I always remember this. Yeah, I went to a very weird school. Um, but I remember that first time of trying strap-on sex of being really confusing and disappointing mm. because, first of all, we couldn't find a position that easily worked for it i think that there was something about the way that it had been set up that like the angle was off which obviously makes total sense it's hard to put on a strap on especially if you'd never done it before right um but also it was just that pretty basic thing of like i was expecting penetration to feel good because everyone talks about it feeling good but i mm. I was a 16-year-old girl <laughs> who had only, like, mostly to only, like, jerked off clitorally, which is, like, pretty normal. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, like, didn't really experience much of anything in terms of pleasure. And mm -hmm. it didn't seem like my partner was either. So we kind of, like, gave up after about a half an hour of toiling and sweating and trying to figure it out. <laughs> um, but then over the years since then, I have experimented with it a lot more and especially, like, um, some of my partners with penises and prostates have enjoyed getting fucked that way and also have enjoyed strapping on to fuck me as well, which mm -hmm. always feels very delightfully queer to me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've just become much more confident in doing it and in finding pleasure through doing it. And it's, to me, it just feels like a very quintessential queer sex act. Um, yeah. 
and feels very, you know, affirming in that way. What about you? That makes sense. Yeah, I... Yeah, I... Strap on sex, I don't know, for me, like... I wrote this question, you'd think I'd have thought about it before we got here, but here we are. (laughs) Um, And encountering it, it actually feels like almost a little weird to talk about like my relationship to strap on sex as anything other than my relationship to sex. Um, like more than any other implement in my arsenal, I think, um, like a strap on feels more like a tool than a toy when I use Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Um, so like either, I am getting fucked by one or wearing one and it is often like thought of as an extension of the person. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, I can think of maybe one scenario, um, where I played with someone where like the strap on is very distinctly a toy and like, that's what's what, what's hot about it. But like for the most part, it is like, I don't know. I th- like, I know there are people who, like, get off on the idea of strap-on sex specifically, but for me, it's always more of a functionality thing. Someone wants to be fucking someone, or someone wants to be getting fucked, so we're gonna pull out the strap and make that happen, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that it offers a lot that just holding a dildo and fucking someone with it doesn't, mm-hmm. um, in terms of, like, you can often get, depending on, like, you know, when, where you happen to have muscle strength and flexibility in your body, you can often mm-hmm. get more velocity and momentum going if you're fucking with your hips than if you're using your hand. Yeah. And there's more kind of, like, physical closeness in many cases. There's more of a sense of maybe, like, intimacy or connectedness. You also just get the impact of pelvis to pelvis. Right. Yeah, that can do a lot of stuff. Yeah, like, feels good both because if the people have... if either of those people have clits, they're getting stimulation out of that. And also, like, I don't know, feels good for the same reason spanking feels good. It brings blood flow to all of the good bits. Yeah, I also wonder, I'm just thinking about this now, but, like, when you think about the all the very many straight guys who are nervous or insecure about using dildos on their partners mm-hmm. um even if they know that like it's not replacing them or like the dildo is like not necessarily better than their dick or whatever i do wonder if like strapping on and using it that way would feel better because at that point it's very clear that it is you fucking them yeah. and not the toy fucking them i mean that's still the case when you're using it with your hand but i think maybe right. that would make it feel that way um you would and- think and yet i feel like <laughs> that is not how it would play out i know it really depends <laughs> on the person and it depends on their reasons for feeling that way but like yeah for example i have had some partners with penises who um enjoyed the thought and the look and the sound and everything of me getting off on their dick but found it very difficult to actually get to that point because i take longer usually than those partners to come and so they were having to like hold off on orgasm while trying to fuck me which you know creates a situation where they're stopping and starting which makes it harder for me to come so 
sometimes the best way to achieve a similar effect is for them to fuck me with a strap on while I'm using a vibe on my clit. And it gives us like all of those nice emotional, mental benefits of PIV without needing to do PIV. That makes sense. Yeah. I was actually going to ask, like for me, kind of like what I was talking about. I mean, generally, uh, using a strap as a function of gender feel a combination of gender feelings and anatomy and what we mm-hmm. want to do right yeah. um so like i'm curious as someone who like you talk about playing with partners with penises who sometimes use a strap and sometimes use their deck like do you is that often just a function of gender how they're feeling that day or do you sometimes crave one over the other for a particular reason or like i don't know what else goes into that decision i guess Mm. yeah that's a good question i think a lot of times in my current relationship when my partner has used a strap on on me it's been like they were submissive and i Mm. was in a more dominant role and so the idea was like they're pleasuring me with their dick but it's not their actual dick because in this case what's going to give me more pleasure ultimately is a strapped on dick because it can last longer. Um, I think that one of the things that turns me on a lot during any kind of sex is like evidence of my partner's pleasure that, that things are feeling good for them, et cetera. And so when that's something I really want, then I tend to prefer their flesh and blood dick in me. Mm -hmm. Um, But also Interestingly, through sometimes through hypnosis, but sometimes without actually having done anything at all to make this happen, my partner can come from fucking me with a strap on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would actually be interested to ask them, like, what exactly are the mechanics of how that is happening? Like, how much of that is like friction of dick against fabric or or the base of the dildo or what have you and how much right. of it is like the psychological excitement how much of it is sort of like muscle memory like your body's like well we're fucking so it seems <laughs> like this should right, happen right uh, but that's like really interesting and hot in its own way yeah my partner can also and i can also get off uh when wearing a harness mm-hmm. um just from like yeah the combination of the physical like everything you said there the physical stuff of the toy against our bits and everything and also just like the reverberation of pelvis against pelvis and like the impact of thrusting i guess um yeah which is a weird thing that i haven't had to name before but i think (laughs) folks will know what i'm talking about when i say it yeah um so yeah uh that's actually skip ahead in my notes because we did have um a couple of questions about that we had folks ask if there are any tools or techniques that make it easiest to learn how to come from topping with a strap or just if there are best dildos or accessories for wearer stimulation like and getting people off yeah i've actually written about this pretty extensively over the past few months so i actually have a lot of information just like floating around in my head about this um and i got uh one of the questions that i got on instagram when i posed uh like a request for listener questions was about like it would a double ended uh dildo be better uh in terms of pleasure for the giver Uh, and i want to address that up front because yes um there are those like they're called strapless strap-ons and if you haven't seen them (laughs) basically it's like it looks like a dildo except on the other end from where the like more dick looking end is is like a 
bulb that goes into the vagina and is supposed to give you sort of like g-spot stimulation while you're fucking and then sometimes there's also a hole for a bullet vibe that'll go on your clit so that supposedly there would be added pleasure um i will link in the show notes to a post written by our friend epiphora who reviewed i think like five to seven ish of these toys and basically found that all of them like do not stay in very well or very difficult to use don't really feel that great for giver or receiver yeah and piff knows what she's talking about like obviously everybody feels differently about toys because bodies are different but my impression in general from having tried some of these toys and traveling having tried like more traditional strap-ons is you're going to get more control more customizability and ultimately more pleasure with a traditional strap-on by which i mean a harness and a dildo that's not one of these double-ended dildos right and Um, i mean if you like think about the way bodies work at like (laughs) It makes sense that getting two specialized tools, right, something that is going to feel good for my partner in the place on my body that gives me the most control to make them feel good, and also a toy, like, I love the uh, hole punch fluke, which is a vaginal plug. It's a perfect Um, toy. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, But there are several options, and I'm sure we'll talk about others, but a toy for the wearer that is well-suited to their body and in a place on their body that's going to feel good. Like, it just kind of makes sense to me that that would feel better than one tool trying to do both of those jobs. Because it's mm-hmm. it's only going to get, at best, halfway there on both of them because it's trying to do two things at once, you know? Yep. And Absolutely. they don't even get halfway there, <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, so... Uh, to give a broad overview of some of the ways wearers can achieve pleasure during uh, strap-on sex, um, some dildos and some harnesses will have like a slot or a hole or a pocket to put a little vibrator in. Usually it's like about the size of a bullet vibrator. I would suggest if your kit or whatever comes with a bullet vibrator, it's probably trash. Mm -hmm. It's probably really buzzy, like too buzzy to really go through the dildo or like really be all that stimulating. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest replacing it with a stronger bullet vibrator, like the Wii Vibe Tango, or um, there's a bullet by Dame that's pretty good, or there's various other ones. Um, So you can do that. A lot of people, including you, have also mentioned to me that uh, like one of those like C-shaped vibrators, like the Wii Vibe can be good for Mm strap-on sex, which um, if you haven't seen those, Uh, One side of those goes inside the vagina on the G-spot and the other side sort of curves outside to sit on the clit. So then you're getting both of those at once. um, And also the harness and dildo sort of helps keep that in place while you're fucking. And I find those stay in place a little better than a bullet in a pocket or in a toy because Mm -hmm. that can move around a bit. Whereas something like the Wii Vibe is like literally holding on to my body like it's it's, right. it's in me it's it's not going that far yeah there's also some dildos have a like textural element at the base that can feel good to grind against and you mm-hmm. can also get um like a base pad that goes over the base of the dildo uh silicone pad like the silly saddle s-i-l-i saddle uh i'll link these in the show notes but mm-hmm. 
um, a, a silicone pad like that can have some texture that you can like grind against your bits while you're fucking and also can provide a little bit of padding if you find that the aggressive motion of strap-on sex is leaving you with like some pain or some bruising or, or sensitivity there that, you, that you're not thrilled about. You could also take a Tenga egg and turn it inside out over the base of a dildo to kind of improvise something like that. Uh, the hard-boiled ones are a little bit thicker, um, so they offer a little more padding. Neither of them offer nearly as much as a product that's made for it, uh, and there are a couple on the market, but it'll do in the pinch. Yeah, that's brilliant. If you just I, I love have that you're just... eggs lying around your house, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like me, I don't. Anyway, well, they're like they're like seven to ten bucks ish, right? So it's mm-hmm. like I think it's a good thing to suggest. I love that you're always coming up with innovative uses of tanga. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I spent my Saturday nights at the sex shop doing. <laughs> but what would happen if I put a tanga egg on it? <laughs> Um, another thing is I interviewed Sinclair Sexsmith a little while ago. We've had them on the show before. Mm-hmm. They're one of my favorite kink educators, and they teach a class called Cock Confidence. They're, like, very, very strap-on enthused, and they like to recommend uh, the, the one-strap style of harness. So there's, like, mm-hmm. if we're talking about harnesses that have straps, there's basically the two-strap or the one-strap style. Like a jockstrap versus a thong? So yeah. You were just going <laughs> to... Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you can imagine like the two straps kind of go around your butt cheeks on either side, whereas the one strap is kind of going to go like between your legs and up your crack, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are different reasons to like either of those. I am more into the two strap because I feel like it gives me greater stability and control. And also because the type of stimulation that's going to get me off is not going to be something like a strap rubbing against me like even with a vibrator i don't know that that would really do that much for me Mm -hmm. but sinclair says that the single strap style um could be better if you're trying to get like a lot of clitoral contact on every thrust particularly like if you have a vibe in there i think that that would help a lot with that right that makes sense it holds it a little bit tighter against you yeah sorry for the the tirade i was gonna say wall of text then (laughs) i'm speaking um (laughs) but One more thing is since you asked about like learning how to get off in this way. So this is not something that I've done yet because I I have not actually learned how to get off in this way. I need to sort of, I think, retrain my body in in some ways to learn how to do it. But I did take a workshop from Ruby Ryder, who is one of the best Mm. uh, educators on particularly on pegging. Um, Mm. And she recommended... Like, get your strap-on situation set up, the harness, the dildo, the vibrator, whatever you're going to use, and, like, basically grind against a pillow, like, thrust against a pillow, so that you can learn how to line everything up in a way that's hitting you where you want to get hit, and, like, Mm. eventually learn to get off in that motion. And I think that the advice of practice alone before you try it with a partner works so well for so many things. And this is one of the things where I think that it would be really helpful. Yeah. I think that's really smart. And I've heard a lot of people give that advice, the advice of just wearing it on your own to get comfortable in what it feels like on your body and how to move in it. Um, So I love that. I think something I'd add is paying attention to positioning like yeah you're gonna like practicing that is a great way to get yourself used to coming and getting yourself like used to where you're positioning the toy on your body but I would also think about the positions you're playing in and how 
likely you are to come in those positions, right? Like if you're a person who regularly comes on your back, maybe having someone mm-hmm. ride you is going to be an easier way to get off. Right. Um, or uh, like my partner finds it easiest. Well, I don't actually know if it's true that that's how they find it easiest to get off. It's I, I like getting fucked from behind. So <laughs> we fuck that way often. Um, and they are not the only person I've heard talk about, like, something about the, like, forward fucking motion, like, being somewhat upright and fucking, mm-hmm. getting, like, just making it particularly easy for them to come. Mm. Um, as I, I don't know how better to articulate that. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, like, because it is simply, a, like... Something I've gathered from clusters of combinations of people who fuck me from behind because I like getting fucked like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so just finding the positions that like are the ones that are conducive to you coming in may also be helpful. Yeah. I also wonder if it would be helpful uh, to like, if you ever do face sitting mm. <laughs> where you're, where you're on, on top of someone uh, while they're giving you oral sex, that motion of like kind of being able to thrust back and forth against their tongue or against their face is sort yeah. of similar to the thrusting motion. So I could see that being an interesting way for me to like practice doing that. Yeah, that makes sense too. Um, I love that you brought up uh, Ruby Rider and pegging because I actually, uh, we had someone ask us uh, if we... They- <laughs> Someone from the Discord asked if we make a distinction between strap-on sex and pegging, and if we have feelings about the word pegging in general. <laughs> and I'm curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, for sure. So there are some people who are like, well, Dan Savage coined the term, and he has said some problematic things, and so we shouldn't use it at all. That's that's an understandable position. Yeah. Um, I use the word pegging usually to refer to a person with a vulva using a strap-on to fuck in the ass a person with a penis and prostate. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's basically how Ruby Ryder defines it as well. There are people who outright reject the term because Mm -hmm. it's seen as, um, depending on who you ask, transphobic, queerphobic, um, what have you. Uh, and there are a lot of those folks just say like, it's all strap on sex. Why would you need a special term for it? Um, I've heard some other folks, including you saying that sometimes it can be like gender affirming to use that type of language. Um, and also as sex educators, I do find it to be a useful term because a lot of the sort of cishet mainstream world knows that term and knows basically what it means mm-hmm. and it also holds slightly different connotations from if we're talking about strap on sex between two queers like i think that there's just like sort of different cultural touchstones and different expectations and discussions around it yeah. so it can be useful in some situations i tend toward saying strap on sex but like it really just kind of depends on who i'm talking to and what their comfort levels are and all of that but i don't know what do you think yeah, I, I mean, I feel similarly, um, like, I, I don't know, I I balk at when people refer to things that I'm doing as pegging, for the most part, um, because, 
Like, I get that on the internet sometimes, and I'm like, you fundamentally misunderstand the entirety of who I am. (laughs) Um, But, like, yeah, I don't know. I look at it as, like, part of a fairly heteronormative language. Like, I don't... Like, it is part of... It it feels like a language I used to speak that I don't encounter that often, but, like, is... You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah, no, that is a... That is lingo from a community I'm not a part of. That, you know? Um, And, like, I'm not... I don't think it's inherently transphobic or queerphobic. Like, yes, it is a word that exists exclusively to make straight men feel comfortable about taking it up the ass. Like that is fully why it exists. And the reason they need that word to exist is because of homophobia. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's just built right in. And I'm not going to make homophobia disappear tomorrow. And I would like straight men to be able to take it up the ass. Like they, yeah. you know. <laughs> I agree with you. I, like, I think that's kind of like a harm reduction approach in the sense that it's sort of like, this is not necessarily how we would ideally like things to be, but it is the way that things are. And I think both you and I have that approach to sex ed. And that's right. kind of been a, a through line of our show. So, yeah. Exactly. Like, I, I, if, you know, the number of people that are going to feel okay having strap-on sex because they hear it called pegging, um, that would not sit down for the conversation of unpacking their homophobia today. But I don't know if after 10 years of taking it up the ass, like maybe they're thinking about things a little differently, right? Like (laughs) I'm okay with this being like the little baby step that makes them feel okay stepping a little bit outside their comfort zone because we need to keep making those baby steps to eventually feel better about things. Um, Yeah. I don't think we need to make that step a larger hurdle just because we eventually want them to make it to the end of that journey, right? Yeah. That's silly. Um, and like, yeah, I, I also think there is, I don't know, a way of reclaiming that that like can feel particularly affirming, like trans women can peg me. Like that is the one instance, like the <laughs> one instance that... Eh, a thing in my sex life would be called that. And because that is, it is a word designed to emphasize the dudeliness of the bottom and the femme womanliness of the top, you know, like yeah. it's not that all, all women who peg are, have to be femme, but yeah, yeah six million yeah. caveats were on the internet, yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, <laughs> like it, stealing this thing back from this heteronormative culture that I had to live in for however many years to reaffirm the bits of my gender that I want to. Yeah, that's cool. For the most part, I'm like, that's fine. It's, it's, it's a word about a life that I don't super lead, but I don't, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I do balk at the queers that are like, it doesn't describe the kind of strap on sex that I have. So it's a bad word. (laughs) That's, that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I think so much of the stuff around sexual language, like, as long as we're not talking about, like, actual slurs and shit like that, a lot of stuff about sexual language just comes down to, like, how does it make you feel and how does it make your partner feel and what does it accomplish for you and do you like that? Right. All right, so we talked a lot about, like, 
how to uh like accessories for the people wearing harnesses and like the weird niche strap-on things but let's actually talk about the strap-ons themselves now 30 (laughs) minutes into this episode or so um what kind of things should we look for let's start with a harness because i used to hate when people came into my store and was like i need a strap-on and i was like you have two questions there that you're asking (laughs) you need a harness and you need a dick and those are both long conversations um, so let's start with a harness. What kind of things should folks look for when they're looking to buy a harness? Yeah, I want to address that actually. The because I, I a lot of people, especially if they don't have experience with this, do as you said, just think that they're shopping for a strap on and mm-hmm. imagine. I guess that that would be like one item that you buy together. Even if you could maybe like disassemble those two items from each other, I think they're imagining that it's basically thought of as like one item and, and it can be do exist yeah yeah there are a lot of kits the ones that i like to recommend are the tantus bend over beginner kits mm-hmm. um particularly the the smaller one but i believe that they have a beginner and an intermediate and i would recommend the beginner in general but um some of those kits are good uh many of them are bad and in many cases i would more so encourage you to buy a harness that definitely works for you and a dildo that definitely is going to work for your purposes and Um, i do want to say like the tantus kit it is the best kit on the market by mm -hmm. far it is the worst strap-on harness that i will recommend (laughs) and it is the worst strap-on harness that tantus (laughs) makes like this it's not i'm not and it is the worst dildos that like the silks are fine. It's it is the, the least, least interesting, interesting dildos, dildos yeah. <laughs> that Tantus makes. And like, I no shade to Tantus. Like, I feel like even Metis would be like, yeah, no, that's not our top of the line harness. Like, it yeah. is the it is the nylon straps with the like rough edges and all these things. Yeah. And it's like, entry level and it's designed to be entry level. Exactly. Um, but anything less than that will not even give you the feel of like strap mm-hmm. on sex. But even when I sell that one, I say the caveat of like, Hi, you are buying an uncomfortable harness. If you like this, like, you learn that you, like, this is a great way to find out if you like strap-on sex. But you, if you buy this, you, you are, like, giving yourself a future investment in a nicer harness. Like, this yeah. is not going to be your harness for life. It'll do the job, but, yeah. Yeah, as I recall, it's sort of like, velvety polyester and like backpack straps um which is fine as you said if you're just trying it out um so in the land of harnesses there's sort of two main categories there's like leather or faux leather and then there's Mm -hmm. like fabric basically and uh, a lot of people have very strong feelings about this (laughs) True. Yeah. There, there's like a, a specialty, like weird materials category as well. Um, I'm a fan of leather. I find it very sexy to feel, mm-hmm. to smell, to touch. Um, it conforms to your uh, the shape of you very nicely. Uh, but of course, it's not vegan, obviously, unless you get vegan leather, which you can right. get in many cases. Um, and it is also porous and much harder to clean. So if you're right. somebody who's having strap-on sex with a lot of different people, uh, probably you don't want a leather harness uh, because you want something that you're going to be able to fully sanitize uh, between partners, probably. Unless you're like a fluid-bonded polycule 
And it also just leather requires a particular degree of care that like you're not throwing it in your washing machine afterwards the way you could with like a spare parts jock. Yeah. And if you take good care of leather in terms of like regular cleanings with proper leather soap and leather conditioner, it can last Mm -hmm. a very long time. In many cases, I think it can last longer than fabric harnesses. Mm -hmm. Um, Fabric harnesses tend to be a little less fussy to get in and out of. Uh, especially the mm-hmm. ones that you can just literally step into like their underwear, but they may not have as much stability as the type of harness that has like straps holding it in place. So if you're fucking really hard or fast, you might be kind of jiggling around in a way that you don't really want to be. Mm-hmm. I always tell people to size down if they're getting a fab- fabric harness um, because it's okay if it's a little uncomfortably tight. Uh, as mm-hmm. long as you are not needing to wear it out in the town, in which case I would recommend not doing that. But It'll loosen um, in the wash, too. It's not going to yeah. get tighter. Yeah. It'll give you a little control, a little more control if, if it's closer fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and another major thing to think about with harnesses, in addition to the, like, straps stuff that I mentioned earlier, two straps versus one strap versus, like, no strap, you know, brief style harness, um, mm. you also want to think about the O-ring. And the O-ring is the ring at the front of the harness that you actually put the dildo through. Mm -hmm. And some harnesses allow you to switch that out for different sized O-rings, which allows you to use different sized dildos. But Mm -hmm. some just come with one O-ring that's just embedded and that's what you get. So if you tend to use basically average sized dildos or dildos sort of within the range of average sized, then you should be fine with one that only has one O-ring. But if you're wanting to use either very small or very big dildos, definitely try to get a harness where you can switch out the o-rings and tantus makes a set of silicone o-rings in a bunch of different sizes that is the one i would recommend for this Mm -hmm. i am going to link in the show notes my article that i wrote for mel magazine a little while ago with my beginner strap on recommendations because it has all of this info as well as like more uh detailed product recommendations but what do you think what are your did i forget anything important about harnesses No, I think you about covered it. The only thing I'm going to, like, I'm going to bring us back to talking about the straps for a little bit, because we talked a little bit about how they, like, might feel on the wearer. But I do want to emphasize, like, the control a little bit, because Mm -hmm. I find, like, you mentioned leather having more control than fabric, which I often find to be true, but I actually find the straps to play a even stronger role in that. Um, and like, for me, a jock style harness is going to give me the most control versus an underwear style. Like I like the underwear style for like gender feelings. Cause you can get like, they have a lot of boxer style ones, but they I also have some like cute, more femme style ones. Um, yeah. There's some indie companies doing it, but the main ones are um, Spare Parts and Rodeo. Um, Spare Parts, I find to be more durable than Rodeo. I find Rodeo a little more comfortable. They're a little more underwear-like. They're also cheaper, um, but they don't tend to last as long as the Spare Parts ones um, mm-hmm. of the underwear style. Yeah. Um, however... Uh, the spare parts also has a jock st- strap style one. It's the spare parts jock, which is my favorite. Um, fabric it's a lot of people's harness. favorite. It's yeah. like one of the best reviewed harnesses uh, amongst my friend group. Yeah, um, because it's it looks good. It offers a lot of control, but it's comfortable as well. Yeah, it's 
a very simple, it, like it feels like wearing a jock strap. And it's also heavily adjustable, which is a thing that might be worth looking at. Uh, if you, particularly if you're a couple who switches, uh, especially if you're a couple who switches and are different size, like different sizes, um, mm-hmm. you may want to look at like the spare parts. Jock has two different sizes um, that encompass a quite a wide range of bodies. I don't know quite, if I remember correctly, I think it goes up to a two or a three XL. Something like that. Yeah, that sounds about Um, right. uh, On their B size of the harness, because it's just like the waistband is adjustable simply by Velcro. So if you're dealing Mm -hmm. with something like a, um, and it's sexier than that sounds, um, but if you're dealing with something (laughs) like a jock harness, uh, like the uh, Aslan... Um, Jaguar. Jesus Christ, Jaguar. Thank you, Aslan <laughs> Jaguar. Um, that one adjusts more like a belt, right? It's got little yeah. holes because it's leather. Um, so something like that, you have a limited range of sizes. I mean, you could add holes, but you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. And it is probably a smaller range of sizes, unless you have a particularly long tail of leather hanging off. Whereas the jock is fairly adjustable for a wide range of bodies, entirely incrementally. Um, so if you are a person who switches a lot or is cruising and playing with a lot of people, um, and like you're not always topping with those people, it might be handy to go with something that is much more adjustable versus like an underwear style harness where you're going to get the size that fits you. And like, I don't know, unless you're going to the gay bar, like looking at people's (laughs) hips to be like, that seems roughly here. Can we dance for a second? This seems the same size, right? Like mm. (laughs) cruising is about to get a lot more complicated in that instance. (laughs) That's excellent. Yeah, you mentioned the Aslan Jaguar, which I want to shout out because it's my very favorite harness. I mm. used to have a black leather one, and then they came out with a pink leather one, and I – this is so wild that I did this. <laughs> I, I don't understand what, how this even happened. I posted in a Facebook group for Kinksters, and I was like, I have this black harness. I want the pink one. Mm-hmm. If you – buy the pink one and trade it to me for the black one, I will throw in some additional sex toys. Like they were toys that I had like tested a couple times and had sanitized. And someone actually did this and I met up with her on a street corner (laughs) and she handed me this pink leather harness in my size and I handed her back the black one and these toys and it actually worked out perfectly. I love Um, that so much. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I need it, but I cannot afford to shell out again for this harness. But right. uh, yeah, I love no, it so it much. Perfect. It's like raspberry pink leather. <sighs> Aslan leather makes these beautifully soft, like body hugging garments that are just so gorgeous. They're handmade here in Toronto. Uh, Do you know if they're still doing the Prince purple ones that they had? Those as far as gorgeous. I know, yes. <sighs> yeah, they, they have, um, I believe that they have... So generally for anything that they make, they usually make a whole array of bondage equipment that matches. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get a harness that is pink or purple or red or blue, typically with them, you can also get matching cuffs, collar, various other things uh, that go with it, which I always thought was super cute because like, yeah, I do want to be cuffed (laughs) with cuffs that match my harness like that's just such like subby femme cuteness um 
And I just really love their products. I believe that they have like a lifetime guarantee of some kind where like if something breaks, you can send it to them and they'll fix it. I'm not totally sure on that, but they have something like that, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds right. They're fantastic, though. Yeah. Okay, so before we move on to talking about um, the dildos themselves, I want to also ask if you have any recommendations for strap-ons that are particularly good for folks with factory-installed dicks that aren't uncomfortable or ugly or both, as the listener question put it. (laughs) That's a good question, yeah. So Spare Parts, which is the same company that makes the jock that we were talking about a minute ago, Mm -hmm. uh, makes a harness called the Deuce. D-E-U-C-E, which I'll link in the show notes, which is specifically for people with penises to wear. Uh, I also have had good experiences with the Rodeo, that's Rodeo H, mm-hmm. um, brief style harnesses. Uh, if I want a harness that I'm going to be able to wear and then also someone with a penis can wear because mm-hmm. the nature of the design of them is such that if you do need to stretch a little bit to fit a dick in there, it can. Um, There are some people who have said to me that they don't like to wear that type of harness uh, if they have a dick because like the dildo kind of ends up like ramming against it in ways that are uncomfortable. Mm. Um, So it might just be something where you sort of have to experiment. And another thing to consider would be um, like a thigh harness or Mm. uh, like another type of, harness uh although of course then you have to contend with the fact that like your center of gravity in terms of how you're fucking is moved to a different place right 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 okay so uh we covered the strap on now we got to cover the other half about what are folks looking for when they're looking for a good dick for strapping on and one listener actually asked uh do you use the same dildos in a harness that you would use with your hands or am i looking for something different there yeah you can for the most part um Mm -hmm. really the only limiting factor here is that it has to have a flared base in order to fit in a harness and and stay put in a harness which just means that there needs to be a base that is wider than the rest of the dildo and you Um, want a pretty like pronounced one like i've seen mm -hmm. some slight flares that will that like can just get pulled through the o-ring especially if your partner's like tight and clenching down yep (laughs) Yeah, that has happened to me with some of my, some of my favorite pegging dildos. It does yeah. happen, but uh, yeah. But aside from that, uh, your options are pretty open. I will say sometimes if a dildo is really long or really heavy, it might not work so well even if it does have mm-hmm. a flared base. It might kind of sag in a harness depending on the style of harness. Um, but in general, uh, you're going to want to talk to wh- whoever's going to be fucked by that dildo, whether it's <laughs> yourself or another person or both or whoever. Um, mm. I think that a lot of people just sort of buy whatever they think seems fine. But like, if it's not going in your body, then you should ask who- whose body it's going in about their preferences in terms of size, shape, whatever. Mm-hmm. Generally, an upward curve is a good thing to look for. Um mm-hmm most people in terms of internal erogenous zones are going to be trying to get the g-spot or the prostate hit um and that'll do both of those things and the great Uh, thing about a curve on a strap-on is that it can be upward or downward based on how you rotate it Um, yeah so that's such a life hack (laughs) yeah all we're trying to do is point that curve towards the belly button so depending on the orientation of your bodies. Um, you can make that curve point however you want just by like 
turning it in your strap and maybe wearing it quote unquote upside down. Yep. Um, another thing to consider is because of the design of many harnesses, you're probably going to lose about an inch of length on the mm -hmm. dildo, uh, because it's going to be sort of buried behind the harness usually. So, uh, you may want to get one that's maybe a little bit longer than you otherwise might get. I wouldn't get one that's pretty short, um, mm -hmm. just cause it might not be able to get very deep inside you at all. You also want to think about the size of you and your partner's bodies. Um, mm. folks with larger bodies may want to err on uh, an even longer toy that, uh, they can lose up to two inches on or whatever, just because of the way your bodies are going to fit together. The depth you're going to be able to get the toy is going to be different versus how deep you'd be able to get it if you were holding the base and using your hand to thrust with it. Right, right. Um, and actually you may want to start by using a dildo with your hand mm -hmm. to get a sense of you know, how it moves and where it feels good for the person to aim it for and stuff before you try strapping it on. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite dildo for strap-on sex generally is the Godemiche Ambit, which uh, mine is pink and sparkly, so it goes <laughs> with the harness very nicely, but it, it just has mm -hmm. a really nice upward curve and a shape that it's like non-representational, so like doesn't really look like a flesh and blood dick, um, which for me is important because I don't want that. Um, but still has this like great curve for hitting spots, and uh, I found it fairly easy to wield. Um, I think that probably most of the body-safe strap-on dildos you're going to be looking at are going to be made of silicone, mm -hmm. but if you want, there are some options in other materials, like, for example... Uh, I believe Pipe Dream makes some glass dildos that actually have a flared base, making I them so. um, harness compatible. You're making a face because yeah. you know because you think that. Oh, I mean, you're right that uh, Pipe <laughs> Dream glass dildos are usually not that good. But I would say get one that's clear because they've been known to uh, have the the paint chip off of their glass dildos if they're painted. So just get one that's clear and you'll probably be okay as long as you don't drop it. Yeah, the face <laughs> was also at the thought of a glass dildo hitting my cervix. Because, like, oof, that's, that's one of the other things to, like, keep in mind with strap-on sex. Like, we talked about the impact of pelvis on pelvis. Like being able to you don't have to take something to the hilt but being able to is going to make it a, a little bit easier um and if you are a person who likes getting fucked roughly that's going to be easier if you are taking the entire length of the toy um so something with a softer tip or something that or like knowing the length that works well for you really well um mm -hmm is going to be helpful in that, which is why the glass toys scare me. Um, but there are people <laughs> who like firmer things than I do. Uh, my favorites are, because I do skew realistic, I like, <laughs> for obvious reasons, uh, I like the Vixkin <laughs> line of toys. Um, I like the Outlaw, but it's massive. Um, the Mustang and the Goodfella are also really great. They're essentially the same toy, but the Goodfella has balls. Um, it's also one of the only toys out there that has balls that uh fit outside the harness that would not mm. you wouldn't have to wear them inside the harness which is cool if like that's a thing you eroticize the base yeah. isn't the most flared so sometimes it pops out of the harness but otherwise it's it's pretty good um mm -hmm. and uh 
I also quite like Tantus's uncut toys mm, because yeah. those are just quite a good shape. Yeah, and I'll add, uh, you really got to use lube. Use yeah, more lube than yeah. you think you need to because um, of, like, well, first of all, lube is just a good idea in general for many kinds of sex. But mm-hmm. because you can't feel the dildo that's strapped onto you in the same way that you could feel a dick, like, you might not have as much of a sense of, like, if things are starting to dry up or if things mm-hmm. are a little too rough or getting uncomfortable. Um, and, of course, you can ask your partner, but my view is, like, more lube is usually better. Absolutely. I will say I have been surprised, like, in the more topping I've done now than when I was younger, um, in how much you actually can feel, like, both Mm. in the, like, I can make myself come, but also, like, I can feel the angles that I'm fucking someone at, or I can feel them start to get tighter because I can feel the friction increase on the thrusts and things, Mm. which, like, is fascinating that you can get that degree of nuance simply in the way a toy moves against your body, which, like, is not the degree of detail that I could get if, like, when my dick is in someone, obviously. But, like, is still a hell of a lot more than I think I imagined when I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to, what, attach a plastic thing to the front of my body? Sure, fine. (laughs) Like, Yeah, and I I think some of that comes with practice and experience Mm -hmm. um i was reading some stuff by oliver Sacks, the neurologist about people who like have limbs amputated and have to get used to it like a new prosthesis or something like that and like Mm -hmm. your brain actually does adapt like in terms of actually rearranging brain cells or whatever to make it so that you will eventually have more control and awareness of a new appendage to your body, but you do Mm -hmm. have to give it time. So yeah, if you're not immediately fucking someone in the way that you want to be, you can practice. It will get easier. You will get a better sense of it. It's kind of like how, like if you were wearing like a really enormous wide hat at the beginning of the day, you'd be bumping into stuff all the time, but over time you sort of get used to it and know like where the edges are. Yeah. Actually, that's a good analogy. I like that. Um, (laughs) That does bring us to another listener question that we had though. Um, Are there any like exercises that you can do to get better at thrusting and build stamina and things like that? You know, I think that I am perhaps not the person to ask this question because I'm not much of an exercise gal. Um, But yeah, I would imagine for sure. I I think probably that thing that I said about like humping a pillow would would help. Uh, What do you think? Right. Um, I mean, depends on the kind of stamina you're talking about. If you're talking about cardio, do the things that you do to build cardio. Have Mm -hmm. fun with that. Um, (laughs) Fuck cardio, man. Uh, But, like, yeah, if you're talking about, like, not coming stamina, which, like, is some of our problems with strap-on sex, I guess, um, (laughs) practice that the ways you would practice that with, like, edging and orgasm control and all of those things. Um, Though I think it's more likely you're talking about the former. To get better at thrusting, uh, I think you're talking about two different things there. You're talking about... um, dick control which is like the stuff you were talking about tubbing a pillow just wearing a strap around the house and knowing what it feels like on your body versus if we're talking about the muscles that you need for that i am also not not much of a workout nerd uh i would say um 
but we're talking like hip, thigh, glute, and lower abdominal muscles. Um, so anything that targets those areas, um, that V that was really sexy in the early 2000s when everyone's pants <laughs> were way too low, low rise, um, that is from strap on fucking. That is how you get that. Um, ah, like so uh, Channing muscles. Tatum has been wearing a strap on a lot, I guess. I mean, I guess, or just fucking. Um, but Why do like, I love the idea of Channing Tatum fucking me with a strap on? I don't think I want Channing Tatum to <laughs> fuck me normally, but... Just only with a strap? No, yeah. I can get behind that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so anything that targets the lower abdominals and the glutes and does the essentially that, like, curling thrusting motion over and over like muscles are fairly simple do that a lot or you know what you know what exercise that gets you better at strap on fucking is strap on fucking um (laughs) do that like a lot which brings us to my last question we are like wrapping up i know um but do you have like really quick because lots of people asked one or two positions for strap on sex that are your favorite I usually keep it pretty simple in terms of like basically a missionary-esque position or occasionally like a doggy style position. But Mm. on this point, one of the best things I think you can buy for strap-on sex aside from the strap-on stuff itself is a positioning aid. And of course, you can just sort of stack up some pillows under somebody's hips to change the angle. But they are going to not hold their shape very well. They might fall over. It's just not very stable. And you got to so sleep I, on the wet spot. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have a thing called the Liberator Jazz, J-A-Z, or uh, J-A-Z if you're American. <laughs> um, and it's like a slanted, small foam uh, sexual positioning aid. And I almost always put it under my partner's hips when we're having strap-on sex to help with the angle because otherwise it's just really, really hard for me to find the right angle of entry. Mm -hmm. And I also think that it seems to help with getting their prostate lined up in the right spot for me to be able to hit it consistently on every thrust. Um, And positioning aids are also great if you have issues with like body strength or not being able to hold yourself up very well or anything like that Mm -hmm. uh what do you think about positions yeah i'm i mean i mentioned earlier i'm a big fan of getting fucked from behind so the majority of my experience is on variations of that but i do think it is good early on um a because it's going to give you a pretty wide range of movement in terms of thrusting Mm -hmm. um you can be somewhat upright either standing near the bed or on your knees so you're not like supporting your weight on your arms the way you might in a missionary position type thing um and uh you also you can see what you're doing which early on before you have that like muscle memory is going to also be pretty helpful um Mm -hmm. And your partner's ass bounces on you, which is just a delight. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for that. Um, but especially if you're starting out. Um, and then as you go, I think you're going to learn which positions suit. Like, I think it's less about what's good for strap-on sex, and it's more about which way do you and your partner's bodies fit together on the furniture that you're using. Yeah. And that's the thing that y'all can just experiment with each other. Um, But I do think something where you can kind of see what you're doing is easy the first time you're doing things. Yep, for sure. 
All right. Well, thank you for all those great strap-on questions, folks. Uh, I have been Kate Sloan. You can find my blog at girlyjuice.net. I write a weekly newsletter, which you can find at katesloan.email. The most recent... uh, What the fuck is the word I'm looking for? The most recent edition was about how I hate it when people or sex toy companies say that they can guarantee that they will make you orgasm. No, they cannot. (laughs) It's a lie. Yep. Um, I also have two books out. You can find them wherever you get your books. One of them is called 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do. And I believe that there is a section in there about strap-on sex. Uh, The other one is called 200 Words to Help You Talk About Sexuality and Gender. And I am also on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. Where is your stuff? I'm Bex. You can find all my writing and information about my workshops over at bextalksex.com. I teach every Wednesday. Uh, and you can get tickets there. Uh, I am also very naked on the internet over as Billy Lore. So if you go to at Billy Lore on Twitter or at Billy Lore underscore on Instagram, I'm a lot more active on Instagram these days, um, more than I used to be at least. So I really uh, appreciate folks coming to follow me on there because right now it's just me and my friends. <laughs> <laughs> So that's at BillyLore underscore on Instagram. Uh, And if you want to see the real fun naked stuff, go to BillyLore.com. All my links are over there or BillyLore on Twitter. I'm real good at telling you how to go pay me. Um, Together we are the Dildorks. We're at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram and at thedildorks.com. You can also go to Patreon.com slash thedildorks uh, to throw a couple of bucks our way. Help us keep doing what we're doing. At $6 a month, you get to come hang out with us in Discord, which is super fun. We had, like, a whole cluster of people go out on, uh, stargazing dates this week. I was, like, really jealous I couldn't get far enough out into nature, but there was a very pretty star thing that I'm sure they're laughing at me as they're listening because I totally cannot remember what it was called. <laughs> but there's a pretty star thing happening in the sky and a bunch of a bunch of people in the Discord all went to be like gay and cute on their own separate dates in different parts of the world and then came back and talked about it the next day. And it was really cute and it made me smile. So anyway, come hang out with us and talk about gay st- stargazing and like other fun shit. Uh, and for $12 a month, you get our exclusive Patreon-only bonus episodes. Uh, we're going to be recording this month's relatively soon, uh, so come check that out. Yeah, I also want to say, if you've been on the fence about joining our Discord, uh, we are doing a game night this Sunday, August 21st, from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. We're going to play some Jackbox games and maybe some Use Your Words, which was designed by a friend of the show, Brent Black. Uh, so join at the $6 level if you want to get in on that. Oh, I, also, I forgot to tell you, I scheduled a porn shoot that afternoon. So we may get a silly version of me when that game night starts. Um, <laughs> because it was the only time we could schedule those things. So it's going to be a day for me. Come on out yeah. if you want to see semi-spacey me playing Jackbox games, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I realized uh, as I was saying that also that I did not write that on my planner this week. So <laughs> I just wrote it down so I won't forget. I'm very organized and professional. Um, thank you to our top tier Patreon supporters who we thank every week on this show. Thank you to Argo, Amelia, Nat, MB, and Stabitha Christie. We really appreciate your support. 
Thank you, as ever, to Protodome, who did our theme song. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. I have okay. to pee. Do you mind? Sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay. Okay, sorry. I'm back. One of the cats has like fully taken a shit on the bathroom rug, but they are not my cats. So I'm not gonna handle their shit. I don't yeah, think. that's that's fair. That's fine. <laughs> Do people know how much more laid they could get if they had a vasectomy? Like truly, <laughs> like it's very exciting. <laughs> Okay, let's do. We've had all of two people come in me. It's it's very exciting when I find people who can. Anyway, yeah, let's count down. Uh, five. Where do we Four. start? Three. Still thinking about come. Two. One. <laughs> Doing a podcast. <laughs> I don't. I can't remember if anybody's come inside me without a condom. Maybe <laughs> my first. I don't know. Because I, even when I was on birth control, I was still really, we were both really nervous about it. Yeah. When I was like 19 or whatever. So we still used condoms, I think like 99% of the time. Uh, yeah. My first long-term partner and I, we used condoms early on. And then for like the majority of our relationship, we didn't because I was on birth control. Um, and, but yeah, since then, I haven't, like, since then pregnancy has been a thing, and I also haven't been any, like, in any particularly long-term scenarios with dicks that I'm fucking, like, all that frequently. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, to wind up in a fluid-bonded situation. Um, but, yeah. So playing with someone with a vasectomy is, like, a fun, exciting treat. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. yeah, I need to get my IUD. Yeah, but I'm I'm really worried about it. I'm I'm very worried that the strings will poke my partner's dick. Like, I mean, that's... they will, but probably only at the beginning. Okay, and then they soften up. They soften up. Yeah, like I don't like they'll. I think there's a chance that they'll always be able to feel them. But I don't think they'll always be super uncomfortable. Yeah. Because you know how I like that deep penetration. Like, exactly. If I can't do that, I probably don't want to fuck. So like, yeah. Yeah, I don't like. I have a complicated relationship with my IUD right now. Because mm. like. I have some weird cervical stuff going on and like cramping and stuff that I don't know if it's IUD related or not, but it's making deep penetration difficult and annoying. But also mm-hmm. I've had my IUD longer than I need to because I'm uninsured uh, <laughs> and I need to get it removed. Um, but yeah, so like most of me is like, hey, you'll probably be fine. But also I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Anyway. Bodies. Yeah. Um, 
So we're the not here thing to talk gonna... about calm or birth control. <laughs> oh, you have a funny thing, and then we have an episode. Great. Yeah, well, I, I wrote a song. My song this week is about lube, and I'm not even honestly sure if I, I'm gonna like feel confident enough to share it because <laughs> it's it's like really dumb. But I was googling. I, mean, I was like, okay. has it? Yeah, it, it's like each each verse contains like actual information about <laughs> what you can use each lube for and. <laughs> You know, Nerd. it's limitations or whatever. But so I was Googling. I was like, it's has like anyone else done rock this? for lube. Anyway. Exactly. Lube house rock. And uh, no one else seems to have done exactly what I have done here. Although mm-hmm. it does kind of seem like a Rachel Lark joint. <laughs> but uh-huh. um, I did find someone wrote a musical called Lube, Amazing. which is about two gay guys, I guess. And I just watched a video of like the title number. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> the, I don't know. The line that has stuck with me is the job needs lube, lube from a tube. <laughs> People are really out there writing some wild stuff. And then really I think are. he said like lube leads to nirvana or something like that. I mean, okay. Not it can certainly sure for fine. <laughs> if, if by nirvana you mean like increased pleasure, sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right.